0: listening to victory and lebang podcast. We hope this message encourages and inspires you today. Happy Sunday victory family and I would like to welcome you to our 5 p.m. service. We are currently on A series break. That's why for the next 2 weeks we are going to talk about God's will for our lives. Specifically identifying and pursuing our calling. Have you ever stopped to consider and ask, am I where I am supposed to be? Am I doing what God has created me for? Am I fulfilling my life's purpose? You know, I started asking these questions back in 2014 when I was still working as an actor. And, you know, I was really happy where I was at. It was fun. I loved what I was doing. But for some reason, there was that discontent in my heart. As if it was saying, Bodhi, not everything is about money. Not everything is about fame. And I was asking myself, what is this? Can anyone relate? You know, asking yourself, is this really what I am supposed to be doing? Little did I know that was God's way of inviting me to seek Him and to pursue His purposes for my life. My first question was, what exactly is your purpose for me? And the next question was, how am I supposed to find out? Seven years later, here I am, living out God's call for me to become a pastor, and I tell you, I couldn't be happier. You know what I learned? One, nothing can ever beat living out God's purpose for your life. And second, Most of the time, what keeps us from living out that purpose is not our situations or circumstances, but actually ourselves. Our self-centeredness, our selfish desires, our stubbornness, our wrong view of what calling really is. I used to think that calling was about what I wanted to do. It's not. I used to think calling was about finding something that would make me rich and happy and powerful. It's not. I used to think that calling was all about my capabilities, what I could do. It's not. The secret to knowing your calling is going beyond yourself, setting aside our selfishness and asking, what does God want me to do? It's not about you. It never will be. It's all about God. Again, when it comes to our calling, it's not about you. Can you say that to the person beside you? It's not about you. It's all about what He wants us to do. Who He wants us to help. What He wants to accomplish through us. Again, it's not about you. Once you start embracing this truth, God's will for our lives will be so much clearer like a well-lit billboard in front of us. Moses learned these lessons firsthand as well. But it wasn't through a well-lit billboard. It was through a burning bush. And today we are going to go back to the time when God called Moses to pursue his purposes. And I'm sure just like me, you will see a lot of yourself in Moses. And I pray that as we read about his conversation with God, That we would learn a lot of things so that we too could identify, we too could embrace, and we too could live out God's calling for our lives. All for His glory, of course. Are you guys excited? All right, let's open our Bibles to Exodus chapter 3. I'd like to invite everyone here to stand up as we give reverence to the Word of God. We will be reading verses 1 to 4, and then we will be jumping to verses 10 to 12. It says here, Moses, Moses, and he said, here I am. We jump to verse 10. God said, come, I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? He said, but I will be with you and this shall be the sign for you that I have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. That is the word of the Lord for us today. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you. Thank you that you are a personal God who continues to reach out to each and every one of us. And I thank you that you have a great plan that involves each one of us. I pray that you speak to us very personally today. I pray that you make clear to us what is it that you have called us to do. And I pray that you give us faith and obedience to pursue it. Holy Spirit, open our hearts and open our minds. And Lord, bless the preaching of your word today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may now take your seats. If you really want to know God's call for your life, remember this. It's not about you. Today we are going to highlight key lessons from Moses' encounter with God to have a deeper understanding of what calling really is. What did you want to be growing up? Some would say, I want to be a lawyer, I want to be a doctor, I want to be an engineer, I want to be an architect, I want to be a rock star. No, thank you for sharing what you want, but you know what? It's not about you. I remember back in 2007, this was before I felt the discontent in my heart while I was working as an actor, I remember sitting and listening to one of our pastors preach in Victory Fort. And I was, as I was listening to him, a thought crossed my mind so quickly. I want to do what he's doing. And I was surprised. And you know, I quickly brushed it off by saying, I don't want to study again. I don't want to do that. I didn't even stop to consider if it was God speaking to me which, by the way, was true. It was really Him. And here I see that most of the time, we can't hear what God wants us to do because we are so focused on what we want to do. Would you agree? And sometimes we hear God and we hear His instructions, but we set it aside. We block it out. Why? Because we think that our plans are better. Again, it's not about you. We're going to talk about lessons and calling. And first lesson, our calling comes from God. Again, our calling comes from God. The design and purpose of something is determined by its creator. And we have to remember that in this world, we are the creation, not the creator. Therefore, it is God who gives us our assignment. It is God who assigns our purpose. He calls we answer. Calling is not about what we want to do. It's about what God wants us to do. Have you ever asked God to reveal what your calling is? Have you really just stopped and asked Him, Lord, reveal it to me and listen? He's so much willing to do that. And we will see that in the story of Moses. Imagine after all the crazy things that happened to Moses which we will talk about in a while. Moses was probably content. He was already settled in his simple and quiet life in the province of Midian as a shepherd, taking care of sheep that wasn't even his, that was owned by his father in law Jethro. And at age 80, Moses probably thought, I guess this is it. Life's comfortable, life's peaceful. Life is quiet, most of the time boring, but generally it's good. I think I'm okay. But again, it's not about what Moses thought. It's not about what he wanted. God had a different plan for his life. And I tell you, for every person seated here and watching online, God has a plan for your life as well. It's great. It's awesome. It's amazing. It's, he's going to use you for his glory. Now, on one of Moses' daily mundane walks, while taking care of the sheep, God called his attention through a burning bush. Can you imagine? As you're walking in the dark, almost sunset, probably all of a sudden, there's that big ball of flame from afar. It would catch our attention. And this could very well be us, you know, in our normal tasks, like probably you answering calls in the middle of the night, in your night shift, in front of your laptop. Or probably you chopping vegetables while preparing your family dinner. Or probably you cramming, finishing your budget presentation in the wee hours of the morning. In the middle of our normal, most of the time, boring stuff, God calls us and invites us to come to Him and to listen to Him. How will we respond? In verses 2 to 4, we see how Moses responded. He said here, I will turn aside to see this great sight, why the bush is not burned. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called him out of the bush, Moses, Moses, and he said, here I am. When Moses saw the burning bush, he broke his usual routine to turn aside, to check out what the bush was. He turned aside, to listen to God. And that's when God spoke to him to reveal his assignment to lead the Israelites to freedom. Moses didn't volunteer for it. God assigned it to him. Do you want to know what you're called to do? Again, do you want to know what you're called to do? It starts with an encounter. It starts with a conversation with God. Are you willing to pause? To take a break from your busyness, from your preoccupation with your schedules that are so full. To turn aside like Moses did to hear from God. A lot of times we might be waiting for God to speak to us through something so glorious like the burning bush. Or maybe we're waiting for Him to speak to us in vivid dreams or wonderful visions. Those things could happen. But a lot of times, God invites us to listen to Him in the simplest but equally powerful way. How? Through the Bible. Our Bibles that are just waiting there on our desks at home, you know, calling out to us, waiting to be opened. When was the last time you read your Bible? Are we willing to turn aside to hear God speak through these pages? As we do, let us remember that God's desire is not just to give us something to do. God's desire is to make Himself known to us. To have a relationship with us. And that's where it all starts. That is our greatest calling. That is where it all begins. To have a relationship with God. And as we grow in our knowledge of Him, That is when we will also grow in the knowledge of His calling. And just a word of advice. Don't expect God to reveal your whole calling to you in one sitting. It would take consistent seeking Him. It would take consistent reading of His word for us to be able to know more about His heart. And you know, I know daily devotions might seem like an unwelcome interruption in our usual schedules that again, I said, are already filled up, but I tell you, it will be so much worth it to hear from God, to be directed by Him, to find out our purpose, not just for our lives, but for every day. I pray that we would do that. If you want to know what you're called to do, first, we have to get to know our Creator. And as Moses responded to God's invitation to draw near, God revealed His assignment. We jump to verse 9 and 10. It says here, I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. Wow! That's great, Lord. That's great for the Israelites. But what do I get out of that, Lord? If I were Moses, that was probably what I would have thought. Okay, they benefit from it, but what about me? Let us remember our very purpose for why God created us, and that is to worship Him. That is to glorify Him. And one of the best ways to do that is to help other people so that they may see God in us. And when we talk about calling, my second point, our calling is always about serving God and other people. Again, our calling is always about serving God and other people. Seriously? But I want to do something that would make me rich and famous and powerful so that other people would serve me, not the other way around. Again, thank you for sharing your thoughts, but remember, it's not about you. It's not about us. Calling is never about our personal gain. It's always about the good of others. It's always about the glory of God. Those are the things that we have to remember when we ask God about our calling. And just like he did with Moses, God calls up us to help out those who are in need around us, to reach out to others who are in captivity, those who are lost, those who don't know who God is. We are to bring them to Him. Why? So that they too may experience freedom like the Israelites did. This is our general calling. Something all believers are called to do. Our task to do. We see the same call for the disciples in the New Testament. Come follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Go and make disciples of all nations. All believers are called to do that. If you are a believer, can I see you lift up your hand? If you believe in Jesus Christ, if you are raising your hand, then we are all called to do that. As I said, our greatest calling is to be in a relationship with God. The second part of our general calling is to participate in His redemptive work in this world. To invite people into a relationship with Him so that they too may experience the salvation that we already have. How are we to do that? That is where our specific and personal calling enters the picture. Your unique calling, what God has designed each and every one of us to do uniquely. For Moses, it was going to Egypt, leading God's people out of slavery. For me, it's preaching God's word every weekend and taking care of the flock here in Victoria Labang. What about you? What does God call you to do? It can be making a difference in your office by reflecting His excellence in the way you work. It can be extending God's love and care and generosity to your family members as you take care of the needs at home. It can be showing godly leadership as you talk to your staff, your employees, in your business meetings. If you want to know your specific and personal calling, all you have to do is ask God. How can I best use my wisdom, my talents, my skills, my resources, my occupation to serve you and to serve others? Ask God, seek Him, read your Bible. And as I said, be patient because it won't be revealed to us overnight. As we wait for Him to reveal it, what do we do? Continue to be faithful where you are planted. Continue to be faithful where He has placed you. Where you are right now, it's not an accident. God placed you there for a purpose, to be a blessing to other people, to train you for what is up ahead. Moses probably thought that being a shepherd was totally unrelated to him leading God's people out of Egypt. But you know, just as he was so patient, Just as he was so caring, just as he led the sheep from one place to another, that was the same patience, care, and leadership that he was going to use to lead God's people out of Egypt to the promised land. For myself, there was a time that I thought I wasted my years working as a computer programmer and as an actor, knowing that I am here called to be a pastor, But as I look back and consider God's sovereignty, I realize that He used those years to prepare me to do what I am doing now. First, He prepared me by training me administratively and corporately when I was a computer programmer because I also have a lot of administrative stuff that I do within the week. Yes, for those of you who are wondering, we pastors work, Tuesday to Saturday too, not only every Sunday. And second, the Lord trained me to be comfortable speaking in public. Speaking in front of many people while I was in show business. Because believe it or not, I used to be so shy. You wouldn't get me to speak up here on stage. But God used all of those years. None of the years were wasted. So do your best where you are today. Because whatever it is that you are doing, it is a preparation for your future calling. That is part of your calling, actually. it's also important to note that calling is not just about occupations, but also about roles and assignments. Just as one is called to be a lawyer, a DJ, a real estate agent, a vlogger, a ballerina, one can also be called to be a mother, to be a husband, to be a wife, to be a brother, to be a son. Let us continue to be faithful where God has placed us. Let us continue to be faithful with our key relationships finding ways to serve each other, finding ways to help each other so that we could point them, the people around us, to Jesus Christ, to God. And as you do that, you are already pursuing your calling. And as we continue to do that, our specific personal calling will be revealed to us more and more as we move in obedience. I remember when I received my call to be a pastor, I heard from God, from His Word, It was also confirmed by our spiritual leaders here. And the door of opportunity was open for me to be part of the pastoral team here in Victoria Labang. And you think I'd be jumping up and down. You think I'd be excited. But you know what? I was scared. I didn't know what to do. It was all new to me. I pushed it away. I ran away from it for two years. Why? Because... I was really scared to step out of my comfort zone. And that's the third thing that we can learn from God's conversation from Moses. Our calling will force us to go out of our comfort zone. When Moses received this assignment, like me, he wasn't excited, he was also scared. And he came up with every excuse to push it away. And I'm not surprised. Going back to the beginning of the chapter, we saw that Moses was doing okay in Midian. Again, his life was quiet. His life was peaceful. With everything that happened to him back in Egypt, why would he want to go back? For those of you who forgot what happened to Moses, Moses was actually a prince in Egypt. How did that happen? He was adopted by the Pharaoh's daughter when the Hebrew babies were being killed. He grew up as an Egyptian. He dressed like an Egyptian. He walked and talked like an Egyptian. He knew their language, he knew their culture. But deep inside, he knew that he was a Hebrew, one of God's chosen people. One day, he saw one of the Egyptian guards beating one of his people, one of the Hebrews. What did Moses do? He struck the Egyptian guard to death. And he tried to hide it. He tried to hide the body under the sand. But news quickly spread about it. And the pharaoh... Heard about it, and he was so furious, he sent out guards to kill Moses. That's why Moses ran away. That's why we find him in the beginning of the story as a shepherd in Midian instead of a prince in Egypt. Knowing that you are part of Egypt's most wanted list, if you were Moses, would you go back? Of course not. That's why Moses came up with every excuse to say no to what God was calling him to do. Moses said, I'm a nobody, God. As we go to verse 11, he said, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? I don't have influence. I don't have money. I don't have power. I am but a mere shepherd that the Egyptians look down on. Why would the people in the palace listen to me? And for us here, you might say, Lord, why would I speak to my supervisor, to my boss? Why would I speak to my parents, to my classmates, to my office mates about you? Why would they give me the light of day? Are you sure you didn't get this wrong, Lord? Remember, it's not about you. Then Moses said, I don't know what to say, God. In verse 13, he says, If I come to the people of Israel and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they ask me, what is his name? What shall I say to them? I don't know much about you just yet, Lord. What should I say to them? People might ask me questions that I don't know the answer to, and they might laugh at me, and they might mock me. I don't want to do it. Remember, it's not about you. Moses said, I'm not credible, God. In chapter 4, verse 1, it says, But behold, they will not believe me or listen to my voice, for they will say, the Lord didn't appear to you. Moses was saying, Lord, how will I prove to them that I spoke with you here in the mountain? Would I tell them that I spoke to a burning bush and heard your voice? They would think I am crazy. Or worse, they would think that I'm just using your name to get what I want. Again, let's remember it's not about you. And then Moses said, Wait, Lord, I'm not gifted. In verse 10, he says, I'm not eloquent, I am slow of speech and of tongue. I do not have the talents and the skills to succeed in what you're calling me to do, Lord. I'm too shy to speak. Kids, don't even listen to me. I might just mess this up. I do not have the gift of leadership. Lord, I don't think I can do it. Again, if you're feeling inadequate, remember, it's not about you. And in the end, the heart of Moses was revealed. He came up with all of these excuses. Why? What did he really want to say? I don't want to do this, Lord. He said in verse 13, Lord, please send someone else. Moses was so scared. He was reluctant to say yes to God because he was so focused on himself. How many of you here have experienced God asking you to do something and you were scared and you just wanted to ignore the instruction? Move to another place, reach out to your parents, pray for your friend. Share the gospel to this person. How many of us have turned the other way and just said, Lord, I, don't, I think you got the wrong person. Please don't make me do that. Moses thought he was unequipped. He thought that he wasn't qualified. He thought that he wasn't good enough. He needed reminding, it's not about you. It's all about God. How did God answer all of Moses' excuses? By assuring Moses of his presence. For every objection, for every excuse, God said to him, Do not worry. I will be with you. I will give you the words to say. I will display my power through you. It's not about you. It's all about me, God was saying. Moses was so focused on his weaknesses, on his limitations, but we will learn that calling is never about our limitations, but about God's unlimited wisdom and power being displayed through us in our lives. We might say that we are weak. We might say that we are not qualified. But if we read from 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 27 to 29, what does it say? But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring about things that are, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. As we say that, Lord, I'm not worthy. Lord, I don't think I can do it. Lord, I am weak. That's okay. That's acknowledging the reality that we cannot do it on our own. But it doesn't end there. When we say that we are weak, that is when we start depending on God. That is when we start inviting him, Lord, use me. And it says in 2 Corinthians 12, 9, But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. God's grace is sufficient for whatever He is asking you to do this season. Again, you might feel overwhelmed. You might feel unequipped, but the Lord is saying, I will give you grace. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Which leads me to my fourth point. Our calling is an invitation to partner with God. Our calling is so big and God really made it that way. It's so big, it would would be impossible for us to fulfill it on our own. On our own, we would fail. But everything changes once we involve God. Everything changes once we include Him in the equation. In Him, we have the sure success. In Him, we have the victory over whatever task He gives us no matter how great. As Moses became overwhelmed with his task, the Lord reminded him, Moses, this is not a solo project. This is a collaboration. And you know, when we talk about collaboration, people in the retail, and the music industry, become excited when these things happen. When Off-White collaborated with Nike, everyone was so excited. When Supreme collaborated with Louis Vuitton, everyone was so excited. When BTS collaborated with Coldplay, everyone was so excited. Even though the products or the songs weren't released yet, we were all so sure this is going to be great because great people have collaborated. And And the same goes with our calling. Because we are working with our God, no matter how unqualified we are, we know that we will be successful because of our collaboration with Him. When Moses doubted himself and what he could do, God reminded him of who he had on his side. In Exodus 3, verse 14, it says, God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. I am means the God who has always existed even before all of creation. I am means the unchanging and the eternal one. I am am communicates that he is the God who can be everything that we need him to be, anything that we need him to be. In any moment, any time, He could be what we need. And He has proven this time and time again. To the forefathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Moses knew that God showed that He was truly the abundant provider, the great healer, the promise keeper, the miracle worker. And even through the stories in the New Testament, we see how God has continued to fulfill each and every promise that He has uttered. As Moses kept focusing on his own limitations, on his weaknesses, on his inadequacies, God also reminded Moses of the great power that God has. The Lord said to him, what is that in your hand? And he said, a staff. And he said, throw it on the ground. So he threw it on the ground and it became a serpent. And Moses ran from it. But the Lord said to Moses, put your hand and catch it by the tail. Talking about the serpent. So he put his hand and caught it, and it became a staff in his hand. Miracles, signs, and wonders. That was what God was promising Moses at this point. As we continue reading chapter 4, verses 6 to 7, Again, the Lord said to him, put your hand inside your cloak. And he put his, his hand inside his cloak, and when he took it out, behold, his hand was leprous like snow. Then God said, put your hand back inside your cloak. So he put his hand back inside his cloak and when he took it out, behold, it was restored like the rest of his flesh. God showed Moses that he had nothing to fear. He had nothing to be insecure about. No matter how great the assignment, the call was because God's unlimited power will be with him every step of the way. His calling would not be fulfilled with his own might, with his own strength, with his own power. It would be fulfilled with God's strength. With God's might, with God's power. And just like Moses, God is asking us today, what's in your hand? For Moses, it was his staff. What's in your hand? This symbolizes the gifts, the talents, the skills, the occupation that God has given us. And he calls us, just as he called Moses to surrender the staff to him, God calls us to surrender our gifts, our talents to Him. And as we do, He would be able to do great things with it as well. Great things beyond what we can imagine. Our gifts, our natural gifts, as we we put it in His hand, we could accomplish supernatural things. He can produce miracles, signs, and wonders that would prove to people that He is indeed with us. God will provide everything that we would need to successfully fulfill our calling. Just like with Moses, the words, the wisdom, the power. What's left for us to do? God will take care of everything. All that's left for us to do is to say yes. Yes, Lord, I will obey you. Yes, Lord, I will follow what you are asking me to do. Yes, Lord, I will pursue my calling, your purposes for my life. Do not let anything hold you back from it. Calling is not about our ability, but about our availability to be used by God. All it took was for Moses to say yes. All it took was for the disciples to say yes. And God was able to accomplish great and wonderful things through them. I remember back in college, we were tasked to work on a major project in pairs. And In the middle of the project, my grandfather died. It was really tough for me. It was the first time that I experienced a close family member dying. I remember not having the drive to go to school and not even having the drive to do the project. So my classmate, my teammate told me, I'll take care of everything. You know, you don't have to do anything. I'll take care of the coding, the program. All you have to do is to come in hours before the defense. I will explain to you everything that I did. And as we present our project, just follow my lead. Everything will be okay. I'll do everything. Just show up. And you know, thankfully, I passed that project. And don't we all wish that we would have a classmate like that in everything that we are doing? who would accomplish everything for us. All we have to do is show up. You know what? In God, we have that. Again, a lot of times when He gives us something to do, like again, reach out to your family member. Start a Bible study in your office. Start a new business. Pray for your friend. A lot of times we think, Lord, I cannot do it. We focus so much on ourselves. God is saying, Again, I will give you the words, I will give you the power, I will give you the confidence, and I will give you the success. He just asks us to show up, to trust Him, and to follow His lead. And just like Moses, God is inviting us to seek Him, to lay down all of our plans, to lay down all of our dreams and say, Lord, I will pursue your calling for my life. He will already take care of everything. What's keeping us from saying yes? Is it our selfish desires? Is it our personal plans? Is it our insecurity, our weaknesses? Is it fear? Remember, it's not about you. He is assuring us of His presence. He is assuring us of His power. Will we say yes? Are we willing to turn our backs on everything for Him? I pray that we are because that's exactly what He did for us. He turned His back from the comforts of heaven. He suffered here on earth to the point of death just so He can save us, just so He can redeem us, just so we could live the lives that He has purchased for us just so we could fulfill our calling, just so we could fulfill His purposes. Again, as He has turned His back on everything, I pray that we could turn our backs on everything for Him. We never deserved His goodness. We never deserved salvation. We never deserved to be invited to partner with Him. But He does it. In Ephesians verses. Chapter 2, verses 8 to 10, it says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. And he continues, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. When God created us, He had a specific purpose. He had a specific plan in mind. He had a specific mission for each and every one of us. And this is related to His redemptive work to reach out to the world to make Himself known. I pray that today we would say yes to that because Jesus gave up His life so that we could receive that calling and so that we could succeed in that calling. You may be seated here right now and you're saying, okay, Lord, I think I'm ready for it. What is your specific calling? You know what? It's not going to come from me. It's going to come from God. And just as He invited Moses to turn aside, to hear from Him, He invites you to do the same. God would be more than happy to reveal it to you if you would seek Him. But as we seek Him, let's remember to have hearts that are prepared to hear it. Again, I told you a lot of times we don't hear it because we are so focused on what we want to do. We are pushing for our plans. Lay all of that aside. As we ask God to reveal to us His calling, remember it's not about you. Remember that this calling is for the good of other people. Remember that this calling, it's going to be big. It's going to be amazing. God will accomplish the impossible through you. Let's remember that this calling is bigger than us because it is an invitation to depend on God. And as we depend on God, we will emerge victorious. All for His glory. For listening, make sure to subscribe and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Feel free to share this message with your friends too. For more information about our church, visit our website at www.victoryalabang.church.